It's uh, 21 minutes past 10. That song uh, is uh, from uh, one of our guests. Uh, it's called Masihlanganeni. Uh, and Kolani uh, Masangu is a writer and a researcher. And uh, they tell historical stories using cartoons uh, or a cartoon series. And uh, one of the big projects that they have is on Reconciliation Day. And uh, we played that song from them. It's called Masihlanganeni. And uh, we played that song because we're embarking on a conversation of trying to understand what reconciliation and or unity means for us as South Africans as we explore this concept of reconciliation. Remember, tomorrow is Reconciliation Day and, you know, we're exploring this in the backdrop of the rich tapestry of South Africa's history. Uh, A country like ours is marked by a tumultuous past and for some, reconciliation stands as a beacon of hope, but for others, also a reminder that there's wounds of the past that have not been healed yet. So how do we get to a point of even beginning to foster a united future? So invited Kolane, as I said, and David Lizualo, who's also an Sankarist, an activist, a law academic. On the other end, David believes there is no such thing as reconciliation because black people are still in pain. Good morning to the both of you, and thank you so much for your time. Kolani, let me start with you. Uh, good morning. Tell me about the back, the background uh, behind doing that song, that Masihlanganeni song, and the work that you do for your cartoon series on reconciliation. Uh Thank you so much, KG, for having me, and uh, good morning to David as well. Um, just uh, thought I'd say that uh, today I'm conducting this interview at the actual site of the Battle of Blood River, mm-hmm. uh, which took place in 1835. Uh, it's in KZN, a place called Ohaleni. Uh, I'm at the Ngome Museum. Right, so, so what we're trying to do with, with the song, as well as the series um, that we, we, we are in, is to basically just show South Africans how much we've got in common, you know, um, show them that there's so much more that unites us than, than what divides us. And we thought that if you use this medium of music and cartoons, it obviously has a softer landing, you know. Um, it's not as, as uh, brutal as it would be if we use conventional books. So that's the message behind the song as well. Um, if you listen carefully, um, it, it is in different languages, and it's just in the spirit of reaching out to all the races. Um, the song is by one of our um, musicians, storyteller Plikis, uh, who's, who did very well. And uh, we basically thought it's a catchy song. Uh, it's a nice place to start. Uh, music is universal and it transcends all barriers. You know, so that's why the song is, is was produced. For the purposes of uh, uh, context, before we go further, uh, as you said, you are talking to me from the Ngome Museum, the heritage site for remembering the Battle of uh, Blood River. For those people that don't know that history, do you want to uh, delve on it just a little bit for the purposes of context? Yeah, thanks. Just to start, um, our history is distorted in a lot of ways. So the relationship that we've got with the Ngoma Museum is trying to basically delve into making sure that we correct all the, the distortions. But as we've been taught, um, it, it's a battle that took place in 1838, um, which was uh, fought between the Afrikaners and the Zulu nation um, under the monarch called Tingani, Kasenza Nakona, at, at that time. 
um, preceding the battle, there had been um, Africaners leaving the Cape after the abolishment of uh, slavery that were looking for other places to settle. And they came into Guazulu Natal. And when they came into Guazulu Natal, they encountered uh, King Tinganegasenga Makona. And it was a rocky start to the relationship. Uh, firstly, you know, different nuances. Uh, the king had expected the settlers to come through and ask for permission from him to, to settle. And they had basically just came, come in and claimed um, land and basically put up camp wherever they, they could. But even in that, they then started um, <clears throat> learning how the Zulus um, would have operated at that time and started reaching out to the king. Uh, apparently, the king then said to them, look, you must prove your loyalty to me. So in order for you to prove the loyalty, you need to go on a mission and uh, reclaim my cattle that had been stolen by a different tribe. So Victory uh, Thief had gone, and apparently when he came back, uh, he went back on his word uh, in the sense that he only came back with the cattle, but he kept the guns and the horses uh, to himself for obvious reasons. Obviously, that gives you an edge when it comes to warfare. And this, the king saw as an act of betrayal. And hence, we have the story of Petri Thief, where he's said to have been ambushed uh, by the Zulus. And the battle was when the Africaners had gathered and they came to avenge Petri Thief's death. That's basically the background. Yeah. David, good morning and thank you also for taking the time to come and express your views on Reconciliation Day. You know, reconciliation, obviously that background, very important that Kolani gave us because the day used to be called Dingan's Day and hence that background and it was renamed Reconciliation Day at the start or the advent of democracy in South Africa. But you don't believe in the concept of reconciliation because you your thinking and your uh, ideals say black people are still in pain. There's nothing to even celebrate or reconcile about. Good morning. <laughs> good, good morning to you, uh, KG, and uh, good morning to Kolani as well. I uh, just want to say that, uh, well, I, I believe in uh, reconciliation, uh, reconciliation of black people with their land, for instance, and their wealth and their economy. Um. But in terms of what is happening now with this kind of uh, celebration we see today, I think it is highly, uh, you know, problematic for for me uh, because um, the the whole idea of reconciliation is when you try to make friendly of people who were estranged before, mm-hmm. and uh, and. When you look at that in terms of the conflict that would have happened, you have to trace what caused that conflict. Mm-hmm. What is the item of conflict? And for you to reconcile, it means you would have addressed that issue. So in the context of the South African struggle, the struggle of Azanian masses, is the conflict of, I mean, the item of the conflict is the, the land and the wealth and the economy. So if that is not resolved, then the whole issue of reconciliation remains a, a piece of rhetoric and just a, a hollow noise in as far as I I am concerned. So and it is interesting also from what uh, Tolan is trying to say um, in terms of history that this day, the 16th of December, is a day for the Afrikaners of the Boers 
because we look at reconciliation, uh, the reconciliation day, in from the perspective of of white people, from what from that context, there are two issues here. There are two groups that uh, need to be looked at: the black group and the white group. In other words, uh, you know, the Afrikaners and 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 the Zulus, if you are to to look at it uh, uh, in specific terms. But then, what is happening in our history, which is a distortion, in a way, is that we choose to look at the white perspective. The first uh, issue in terms of remembering Dingan or Petrative, whichever way you look at it, is that the the day in which or on which Dingan uh, attacked uh, Petrative and his companions or four trackers as invaders who threatened the, the sovereignty of the the, the 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 Zulu Kingdom, happened on the. 6th of February, uh, 1838. And nobody talks about that because we are, we are celebrating the victory of white people over black people in the Battle of Blood River or uh, Nwame River uh, on the 16th of December, 1838. What, why is this important? It's because white people or the Afrikaners had vowed that they were going to revenge what, you know, the, the killing of Petrative and other fortresses earlier that, that year. So now what we're doing now with the 16th of December is that we have shifted our attention to the white perspective of the, of the, of the event. Just for your information, KG, somewhere around February uh, 1838, Dingan said the following, and I want to quote him, he said, I see that every white man is an enemy to the black and every black man an enemy to the white. They do not love each other and never will. I don't want to see whether, uh, say I, I agree or disagree with him. Point is, if we look at where we are today, materially, are we convinced that is there love uh, you know, for one another or not? If you look at where the wealth is, where the land is, where the minerals are, Whose culture are we are we celebrating? Whose whose education system is dominant? Whose 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 laws are, are dominant, and so on and so on. So I think um, for me this is very very uh, critical, and it's it's so interesting that this happens during this month because for me this is a special month, you know, in the history of Black people, because it's the the month on which. We celebrate the birthdays of true liberators, you know, true leaders of our revolution, namely Thomas Sankara, who was born on the 21st of this month, and then Robert Subukwe on the 5th of this month, Steve Biko on the 18th of this month, and then Jafta, the, the tag of Azania Masemola, who was born on the 12th of this month. And all these people are the people who served, suffered, and sacrificed, and were killed by white people, white oppressors, because they understood the importance of justice. Let me indicate uh, something before we go on, because I think it's very, very critical there. You know, in 1977, and I think this will give us a, a clear perspective on how we should approach uh, uh, the issue of reconciliation. In 1977, Peter Tosh had a song uh, called Equal Rights. He said, everyone is crying out for peace, none is crying out for justice. 
but there will be no peace till men get equal rights and justice, underline justice. And in 1990, Alpha Blondie, in a song called Sankara, from an album called Apartheid is Nazism, he gave a perspective of what freedom should mean by referring to Sankara's dedicated, courageous fight for freedom and justice. What seems to be happening in South Africa post-1994 is that we focus on a bucket full of rights and BEE, you know, uh, pronouncement and forgot the issue of justice. Because for me, justice is to question the idea of in Azania, where is the land? Where are the mines? Where is the economy? Where is our culture? And so on and so on, as I've just earlier uh, on. So it's a very, very uh, important point to approach the debate or the discourse of reconciliation to ask, can you have reconciliation without justice? 30 years into democracy, we were still battling with the issue of justice. Black people never experienced justice in the 30 years, but there is the rights and peace and reconciliation, which are for me imposed uh, narratives by those that benefit from the 1994 transaction uh, from the arrangement. That is how I approach the whole issue of reconciliation because I believe that it, the, 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 the item of conflict would have been addressed. And in our context, it hasn't been. So no, there can't be a re, a reconciliation without justice. And that is for me how we should uh, approach it in historical context, uh, appreciating what uh, Kolani is, is doing. And I would also wish that maybe in future in their, uh, you know, things about cartoons and also the songs like Mas Bambanini and Mas Tanganini, we must reach the project of Mas Tanganini with our wealth, Mas Tanganini with our land, Mas Tanganini with our no, it was our economy. So it sounds to me, uh, and thank you for, for that analysis, by the way, it sounds to me that you're saying this reconciliation is really through uh, a white gaze and it's really um, reconciliation that highlights to a large extent uh, the gains of, you know, one sector of society and, and in many ways, therefore, cements the privilege of that sector of society and diminishes the value of many other role players in this so-called journey of um, a journey towards reconciliation. And I use the word journey towards reconciliation because in September of this year, uh, in in one of his weekly letters, you know, the the president uh, was still intent on the issue of reconciliation. We'll hear, of course, what he has to say tomorrow in the address. And, you know, in to quote him, one of the things he said was, the project to reconcile South Africa is still very much alive. So if almost 30 years, and I asked this question to you again, uh, David. If almost 30 years into democracy, the project is still alive, and yet the project of reconciliation doesn't benefit the majority of the population, as you're saying, why then should we, you know, place our gaze on the importance and the value of reconciliation? Is it because of what, uh, you know, was talked a lot about uh, at the advent of democracy um, in South Africa that, you know, for us to reconcile uh, is the bedrock of how we will move this democracy forward? 
KG, I have to say up, uh, in upfront that the reconciliation that is being talked about is the reconciliation that uh, you know sort of encourages black people to reconcile with their poverty, uh, with their indignity, with their infantilization, uh, with their exploitation and their humiliation. That's basically what is being talked about. But the truth is, and people know the truth, but they don't want to say it. In 2017, the government had the theme for the uh, Reconciliation Day as uh, the year of O.R. Tambo. Recon reconciliation through radical socioeconomic transformation. That was the theme of 2017. What happened? It means that people know that you, if you were to reconcile, you have to reconcile through resolving the, 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 the item of conflict. And uh, my understanding of radical socioeconomic transformation is that which speaks to uh, where the land is, mm. where the wealth of the, the, of the nation is. Mm. Because out of the land, then you are able to deal with other socio you know, economic ills that, uh, you know, affect society. But then yeah. to push reconciliation and social cohesion and all those kind of things without addressing the, the, the economic issues, then it's, a, it's problematic. But the next year, I think that is the year uh, when uh, the, 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 the current president came in, mm -hmm. it was called the theme, the theme thereof of 2018 was the year of Nelson Mandela and Al-Nasisulu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> liberators for reconciliation so you liberate to reconcile not to claim the the item of conflict so for me it's it's, it's problematic so i want to suggest that every time we listen to political leaders talking about reconciliation let's try to look at the motive because the the whole issue is about peace about uh, reconciliation without uh, justice. And there is also the idea that we are talking about the the promotion and the sponsoring of the narrative of fake freedom. Because there is this uh, notion, which is a myth, that uh, in 1994 we saved this country from a civil war, uh, bloodshed and all that. Whereas the country was in a civil war already, and therefore, because people had an agenda or a project of rainbowism, where people are colorblind, where people do not see that black people are still suffering, white people are in, in a comfortable space and are doing everything possible to make uh, the oppressor uh, comfortable, uh, ignoring the pain and the strife that uh, afflicts uh, you know, black people. So we, we, we are forced to buy into the narrative of uh, peace, the narrative of uh, reconciliation without addressing the critical issue, which is the why the struggle was fought. When the MK was, for, was formed on the 16th of December in 1961, I don't think it was formed to fight for human rights and uh, you know, BEE things, for instance. I think the central issue was the, the issue of redressing and uh, repossession of the, the stolen property. And that is what justice is about. Yeah. And now we even talk about issues of reparation because we are afraid to upset those that we have promised that uh, they will have 
a, a, a nice, uh, you know, experience in the post-1994 society at the expense of what black people are fighting for. Yeah. So let me, you know, uh, come back to you, Kolane, because at the beginning of our interview, one of the things that you said was that, uh, you know, uh, you, you feel there's value to the day because uh, there's more things that uh, connect us as opposed to things that uh, do not connect us. And I, 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 I love the hypothesis of a place called that I'm sure you're aware of, uh, Alexander in uh, Johannesburg, Vesa a place called Sentin, uh, which reflect very clearly uh, why and uh, we are the most unequal society in the world. So against that backdrop of the, you know, example I'm making about Alexander versus Sentin and how it reflects um, the inequalities of uh, South Africa, what, according to you, uh, Kolani, are the things, as you said at the beginning of the interview, are the things that uh, unite us much more than the things that uh, don't unite us? Uh, thanks. I think, uh, firstly, I'd like to uh, go back to David acknowledging that Mkonto Osizu was formed on this day as well, uh, on the 16th of, of December in, in 1961. And that is very significant to, to the struggle of African people in the country, you know. And this is what should be commemorated on that day as well, because that was a significant uh, step towards the total liberation of of of, of uh, African people, right? So that that's very important. Uh, we, we are fully aware of of the disparities, you know, and South Africa being the most unequal society in 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 the world. We can never run away from that. These are things that should be confronted, and we need to have all races acknowledge that that is what is happening. So for us, we say as as Africans, we do have these conversations in our corner. And of course, we believe the white people have these conversations in their corner as well. Mm. However, we are not coming together to have this conversation. So if we allow that to keep happening, we'll always be talking past one another instead of coming to the table and saying, we've got this country, this is where we find ourselves. Let's firstly acknowledge what went wrong. Mm -hmm. Because you can never fix if you don't first acknowledge what so in that way you sort of agree with david uh because he's one of the things he says uh uh you know uh you you uh you liber we li we got liberated to reconcile and not to claim uh the item of conflict which is uh inadvertently uh we we got together but we didn't really talk about what had happened between us it, it is a process mm -hmm. and as a team, we've always said um, you cannot heal a wound by just putting a plaster over it. Mm. You have to make sure that, you know, you, you get to the bottom of what happened. You have to clean the wound. You have to basically make sure it's not just covered because it will fester, you know. Mm, mm, so these mm. conversations need to start being meaningful. And they will never be meaningful when we just keep talking by ourselves. We need to come together and say this is what's bothering me. White people need to acknowledge the wrongs that they did. Mm -hmm. We also need to say this is our suffering. But together, how do we then, um, you know, make sure that the process is a success? You know? Yeah, yeah. And we keep latching on to the facilitation of reconciliation by the National Arts Council mm -hmm. and the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture, mm -hmm. because we want to make sure that everyone participates freely, right? So we we do have um, very 
conservative towns around this area where we are, like your Freyhays and your Sandys, where the white people that we've spoken to are saying, we really want to be part of the reconciliation. However, we are scared that when we get there, we are vilified, we are seen as the bad guy, and, and, and. So we're saying, you are not a target, but you also need to come in and tell us your views so that we know exactly how to proceed making sure that we don't repeat the, what happened in the past and we don't alienate everyone. So right. does that mean then that reconciliation would be again at the privilege of white people? Uh, that, uh, you know, the narrative always comes up in South Africa where there's one group that says, well, let's just forget, uh, you know, that, that uh, what transpired uh, did transpire. And, and if, if, if we don't forget, then we're not uh, driven around moving forward. But then the, the, there's another group that says, uh, you know, we, we, we can't move forward without acknowledging what did happen in the past because, uh, you know, there's one group that still uh, enjoys privileges from what had happened in the past. The reality is that this is the disposition we find ourselves in, mm, mm, right? Mm. And uh, we, we cannot respect anyone that says just forget about the past. You can yeah. never forget about the past. It's disrespectful on so many levels. Sure. So you're not forgetting the past. You are, you're confronting the past and saying, this is what happened. This should never happen again. This was wrong. And this is how we prevent it from moving forward. And mm-hmm. part of the preventing it is to make sure that ultimately we have an equal society. Mm-hmm. And how do we have an equal society then if we keep alienating one another? Mm-hmm. And you have uh, you know the white society on the one hand defending what they've got because they feel that black people are out to get them. Mm -hmm, Whereas mm -hmm. it's just about justice. So if we don't come to the table, we'll never know what the other party is actually thinking. You know, you're just acting based on perception. I think no one in their right minds would want to go and just grab everyone's, uh, anyone's uh, uh, things, you know. So let's have a a talk. Let's have white people that are progressive that will say, we know what happened in this country. We know we benefited, and this is how we benefited. But this is the role we can play to make sure that we start equalizing you know, the, 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 the game okay. and start sharing the world. Okay. The, a, lo- a lot of our listeners want to participate in the conversation. I've, I've got some calls. I've got some WhatsApps. And I want to read something through uh, to you gentlemen that came from our listeners and have you think about it. And you can chime in on it if you want to or comment on it uh, when I give you a platform. I'll just read one or two or three texts that came to us via WhatsApp. And uh, uh, sometimes people tell us who they are. Sometimes they don't. But here's the first one. Morning. All of this past history is going to make us more poor. We need to start our own path to the real freedom we want and uh, not always open books because today is a day we're given for free by the Springboks. Look into that team. It's black and it's white and uh, the black and white made that team to succeed. So for us people of South Africa, we need to take the baton and run with it and stop stories they say, of 1865, etc. That's one uh, of the three texts I want to read. Here's another one. Um, Land was taken by the whites, but can you ask David about the Khoisan Khoisan and the Nguni taking their land pre-colonialism? That's two. And then there's another one, right, that says, oh, I don't know. I don't don't know why they removed this one. Uh, But it, it basically says, morning, all of this past history 
is going to make us more poor. We need to start our own path to the real freedom that we want. We don't always need to open. I think I've read it, actually. Uh, the books, uh, because today is the day we're given for free by the Springboks. Okay, there were two. My apologies. And then we have callers. So note those two things. I want to take the two calls quickly and then go to break and then have you respond. So I hope you can make your point quickly. Hi, good morning. Good morning, uh, KG. Thanks for, for giving me an opportunity mm-hmm. and your guest. Yeah, I, I would like to open my comment uh, with the Nutata U Henrisalaise. That there will be, unless and until the philosophy that regards other race inferior than the other and the other superior than the other is totally abolished, dismantled, and destroyed, then there will be human rights. And unless and until the, the color of the skin of a man serves no significant purpose, then there will be equality. As long as there's no justice, distortion of our history, you know, because the white man's agenda, day one he landed was culture assassination, history assass- manipulation, distortion and assassination. So we, we need to, you, you can't move on when your history is not part of you. Mm. Because there's someone where you come from. You didn't just fall from a tree. Mm-hmm. And present will only be created, create the future. So for me, you, you, the problem is that there's nothing like reconciliation and reconciliation day. It's just, uh, uh, you know, manipulating the African people for the atrocities that white men committed day one he landed. Okay. And instead of us teaching them Ubuntu, we are the ones being manipulated each and every now and then, and all this genocide that white men committed from day one, he landed. You know what you call in Kiswahili, Ma'afa. We need to address it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Thank you for you. So, um, um, Victor and Mangwing, I'll come back with you and Zola and Bloemfontein. And I hope that both Kalane and David note everything that everyone says so that I can allow them the space then to give their thoughts on both the text and the uh, calls that came through. It's 10.51. We're talking reconciliation on SAFM. Welcome back. It's 10.53. We've been uh, embarking on a journey to understand, uh, you know, and explore the concept of reconciliation against the backdrop of our history. Uh, And our history, as we know, is marked by a tumultuous past. And for some, reconciliation stands as a beacon of hope. And for others, you know, as you heard David Luzualo, one of our two guests who uh, quoted uh, Peter Tosh, who said reconciliation without justice is just futile. Victor in Mangueng, good morning. Good morning, KG. <coughs> My name is Victor from Mangueng. Mm-hmm. I, I know you are very well, thank you. You know, reconciliation uh, and the struggle goes together. One is fooling who we've been fooled. Yo, Victor, your line is letting me down. Are you able to move around? I'm sure you know of a spot in your house where the the, the, the network is better. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you very much. I want to, I want to be very quick. I, I, I'm from Mankwen. I left school very early, knowing that I'm very intelligent, but I went and worked in Yoga for a... Well, I'm not going to try, try it up. I worked work for a Jewish firm. For 10 years to qualify to leave that job, 
go and look for a job somewhere around Joburg. I came with, I came back with nothing, but on my own, I managed to survive. And then at the end of the day, this thing of reconciliation is the same thing if I can give you a Bible and say, well, you must read. If you want me to, to like you, you must do as I tell you. This is exactly what I've done. But at the end of the day, I'm more enlightened, much more than before. Mm. Even my kids, to be honest with you, they just know who I am. Okay. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. Your, your enemy will never be your former enemy. Meaning that your enemy will remain your enemy. Your oppressor will remain your oppressor. Mm. Mm, I've got you. I got it completely. Thank you, Victor. Zola in Bloemfontein, good morning. Uh, good morning, KD. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning to your guests. Mm. Yeah, KD, my point is, uh, first of all, there will never be a reconciliation as long as we don't have uh, equal power in the economy. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, from a, a labor law perspective, I'm, I'm going to tell this now. You find that uh, employers, most employers, are... Uh, these white people. And when you have a dispute at CCMA, you, 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 go to, you go there, there's an award in your favor. And when they, you want to enforce that award, they go to labor court, they challenge that award because they have the money. And the labor court has got a long backlog. It takes three to four years before the final judgment so ultimately what you're saying no reconciliation because we're still split along the lines of those that have and those that have have certain privileges and those that haven't who do not have uh, equal privileges thank you thank you uh, Zola Uh, I want to allow uh, both my guests to respond to all the calls and the text that I read David do you want to start Mr. um, yes you know, the the more I listen to some of the comments, is the, the more I get even more agitated and, uh, you know, angry. Mm. And I know many people want to decampaign anger. And my view is that uh, as long as there's no justice, uh, people must not be shy to be angry because it's what's supposed to be done. Because you cannot fight for what belongs to you. You cannot fight for justice if you're not angry enough. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you end up with uh, just simple rhetoric of just talking, talking, talking about reconciliation. And, and so on and so on. However, the, your first caller about uh, you know, rendering history irrelevant and also uh, trying to bring a chasm or a division between the Khoisan and the Nguni over the land issue, mm-hmm. I think that to me, it's, uh, it's not worth even uh, entertaining. Sure, sure. Be- be- because history is, is important. You cannot really uh, you know, be aware of what belongs to you or where you come from and where you need to be going if you discard history. Secondly, in my view, I see the Khoisan and Nguni and as, uh, as Africans. So I, I, I don't want to entertain the issue of uh, dividing our people in terms of, uh, you know, tribal lines. So all of this land, Africa, not even uh, this uh, uh, apartheid or uh, white created uh, entity called South Africa because it was created by white by, by, by white people in 1910 and thereabout. So my view is that as Africans uh, we, we, we belong to this continent and it is our land uh, collectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I would respond to that first, uh, your first caller. The, no, you're the, 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 the comment on I think it's your text. But yeah. so I like that the first caller uh, has uh, indicated underlining the issue of white supremacy that 
you cannot really go anywhere if you, if you fail to confront the problem that the the problem that we have in in humanity in South Africa particularly is a it's a product uh, white supremacy. It is black people who are the oppressed, white people who are the oppressors. It is black people who are the exploited. Mm. It is the, the white people who are the exploiters. It's black people who are the invaded, and it's white people who are the invaders, and so on and so on historically. So you cannot separate history from justice, indeed. Yeah. Uh, the other point that I want to indicate is about to uh, agree and actually commend people like Victor from Manguin, who and indicate that reconciliation and justice go together. And that, and I think what he's saying about your enemy will remain your enemy, your brother will remain your brother, mm-hmm. is basically what Dingani said in 1838. Uh, so that is very, very important. And my brother from Bluefontein talking about how white people use their economic power to entrench their their superiority over black people in their own land mm-hmm. is, uh, is quite point. So you know, if we if we're going to be shy to face the truth, and by the way, KG, you should know that the mouth that eats. I'm here. I'm talking about stomach politics. Mm-hmm. The mouth that cannot uh, is not able to speak. So I think we must come to a point where we, we we face the reality that here is a problem, and we must avoid the impression that uh, this conflict or this problem started recently. And that people will 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 experience reconciliation. Yeah. We couldn't get reconciliation since 1652. What will make things happen if uh, the government that we have, the black people, cannot use their political power to ensure that there is, uh, you know, there is a, a realization yeah. of what? David, uh, unfortunately, I just realized I just realized that time just flew away with me. So I have to allow uh, Kolane uh, a few seconds to also reflect. Kolane, uh, yeah. you, you know, uh, obviously I'm running late now, but I, I just want your quick thoughts as we round off uh, uh, our conversation. Okay, no, thanks. Um, I, I think history is still important because we cannot build from a crooked foundation. You know, we need to know where we come from so that we can build that path that takes us to the freedom that we want. Um, I also want to respond to the Springboks having just won the World Cup. I think they have presented us with a, a microcosm of the society that we want to create. But obviously it has to be very meaningful. Mm. And very happy to see that the Springboks that took part at the World Cup are not just quotas, they are their own merit. You know? Yeah, yeah. They're in that position, and we take pride in that, and these are things that we can, we can build on. I think the anger of African people is warranted. It's warranted, however, it just needs to be channeled correctly, you know, positively, into making sure that uh, it, it, the spin-offs are positive and the end result is positive for yeah. all people. Unfortunately, gentlemen, we're going to have to leave it there. But I hope uh, there's some nuggets that our listeners are going to take away. And, uh, you know, we force them in one way or the other to think about the issue of reconciliation in South Africa. And I apologize to Luanda Maome for getting to him late. It's uh, two minutes past 11. It's time for the news.